Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to the Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Tuesday, October 17th. Today, Sun business reporter Tamara Chung breaks down the new tech hub designation from the U.S. Department of Commerce and what it could mean for some Colorado communities. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Applewood Plumbing, Heating, and Electric. A lot has changed in the last 50 years, and Applewood Plumbing, Heating, and Electric has changed a lot, too. Founded in 1973, they've grown from their humble beginnings to become one of the most trusted residential plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical providers in the Denver, Boulder, and Longmont metro areas. Applewood's story is centered on family, on outstanding customer service, and on community. From the entire Applewood Plumbing, Heating, and Electric team, they thank you for the opportunity to provide 50 years of incredible service. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. On this date, in 1906, a ceremony in Golden marked the dedication of a new administration building at the Colorado School of Mines, funded by Simon Guggenheim, a mining and smelting tycoon. The building, named in his honor, showcased both his philanthropy and desire to enhance his public image. Simon, the sixth son of Mayor Guggenheim, ventured to Colorado to manage the family's investments, expand their mining operations, and eventually secured a seat in the U.S. Senate through questionable means. He and his wife, Olga, donated a number of buildings on college campuses and later established the Guggenheim Fellowships to support American cultural development. Before we continue, another quick message. Omwako Bafu, Soul of Black Folks, is now on view at the Denver Art Museum. It features more than 30 paintings that tell stories about the beauty and complexity of black life. Wafu's bold, vibrant, and textured works have taken the contemporary art world by storm. Mwako Wafu, Soul of Black Folks, is only in Denver for a limited time. Don't miss it. Tickets are available now at denverartmuseum.org. Next, our feature story. Good day, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. I'm David Krause, one of the team editors here at the Colorado Sun, and I am joined today by Sun Business reporter Tamara Chang, Tuesday, we like to talk business and what's working. Tamara, how's your week going? Oh, really good. Hey, let's jump into the um, program that you wrote about and what's working over the weekend. Um, Some communities waiting to hear there is this new federal program out there to designate 20 places around the country as tech hubs. Tamara, I always thought Denver had some kind of tech hub. There's all these different kind of hub things and tech things going around and you got the tech center and you got, you know, the airport thing going on. But kind of break down for us, Tamara, what this new uh, federal program is and and what it could mean in Colorado. Yeah, sure. So, you know, and tech is, is my thing. I'm a tech reporter as well, although I haven't done as much here at the Colorado Sun. But um, this is similar, but this is uh, really more specific uh, uh, for tech hubs. And it comes from the Chips and Science Act that was passed by Congress last year, where they're trying to bring more um, tech innovation and manufacturing back to the U.S., you know, because, you know, we we need to uh, increase our uh, innovation prowess, I, I believe. Uh, but the tech hub part is is like a smaller part of the whole Chips Act. Um, it's even uh, about ten billion was set aside, but of that, only five hundred million has been appropriated. Um, and so, this is not a large program, but the idea behind it is 
the U.S. wants to identify 20 places around the country where tech hubs should be built. And when, when I say tech hubs, they are focusing on 10 specific technologies, anything from cybersecurity to quantum to advanced energy, advanced manufacturing. So much more specific than just general tech or consumer tech. So efforts have been underway. This was announced last spring. Deadlines were in August. And now we're waiting to hear if any of Colorado's submissions were uh, winners. So you mentioned it's kind of more than computers and all that. What are, there's 10 areas they designated for this um, tech hub designation. Um, what are some of those ones and what are some of the ones that kind of caught your interest, Tamara? So, you know, there is a list of the top 10, I mean, 10, there's only 10. Um, and anything from like artificial intelligence with machine learning to, you know, quantum information and technology, as I mentioned, uh, robotics is another one, automation. Um, but there's also stuff like managing natural resources. You know, uh, the Grand Junction area, for example, uh, put together a proposal to help use cybersecurity to manage the Colorado River. Because uh, right now there's not... Um, you know, it's hard to use technology to manage a river. And and uh, so they're trying to figure that out over there. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned the timing and all that, but is there something um, that, is there a reason why so many Colorado companies, you know, is it location? Why are people jumping into this? I think you mentioned there were over 200 applicants for this designation, you know, and Silicon and the East Coast, West Coast kind of have their um, advantages, but why are we seeing these Colorado towns put in for this? Um, so uh, the applicants, there were 192 applications from across the country. Uh, nearly every state submitted one, but you know, Colorado probably submitted uh, four or five or six. Um, I'm, it's not quite certain because not everything was. Not everything involved the state uh, office of economic development. I mean, the idea behind these text hubs are they they really need to be grown from the ground up. So maybe industry should should have formed a coalition to uh, to focus on their tech hub and submit their application. And here in the Denver Boulder area, um, where a lot of the tech activity was already taking place, a few of the entrepreneurs or longtime entrepreneurs in the community, I mean, Wendy Lee is is kind of a partner leading the effort in this, and she's someone I interviewed for the story. They they decided, well, let's figure out what Colorado should submit, and we can narrow it down and make sure we have the best application out there. So her group, which was called Tech Hub Now, they and some folks from academic academia, I think from the different schools and the federal labs all over the place, they all got together and and essentially did a pitch competition with the 10 different industries here in Colorado. And, you know, I they they nar narrowed it down to quantum and clean tech because there's so much going on in both areas. Um, I was uh, less familiar with quantum because, you know, clean tech, we're, we're doing that everywhere with solar and, um, you know, wind power and just all, all sorts of other alternative energies. But quantum was one that um, doesn't get talked about much. 
So I was asking, well, how did you guys decide those 10? And and she said um, that even with, you know, trying to set up these industry groups to help make a pitch, they had to go find someone from the quantum technology industry. So someone from the quantum industry, they reached out to Corbin Tillman Dick, who is the CEO and co-founder of Maybell Quantum here in Denver. Uh, they recently built this giant fridge. I mean, they, they call it a fridge, but it's a super cold. It gets to at near absolute zero, you know, in Kelvin temperatures, which is needed for this industry to do um, accurate measurements. Um, but he was telling me all about the need for, even though quantum has like such a huge presence in the area, a lot of people don't know about it because it's it's research-based, lots of PhDs, um, the federal labs rely on some of the technology that's coming out, but there's not a lot of marketing and publicity. So so some an effort like this helped them uh, get together, get all the great minds together and put an application into, you know, what what will it mean to make the Colorado a tech hub for quantum or for clean clean tech, of course. And the idea is that they'll uh, federal money, um, other state money and um, industry will come together and start building um, an ecosystem that includes people who can work, you know, who can actually build the fridges um, to marketing this as a place that the whole world may want to come locate. Tamara, last thing. So timeline, what are we going to know? And then... How much money is really, how, what are we looking at as far as some of these communities, you know, initially, and then, you know, what else could they get from the Department of Commerce who's putting this whole thing together? So there could actually be an announcement this week, which is why I wrote about it. Nobody quite knows because, you know, the applications were due in, in August and uh, the announcement is expected in fall of 2023, which is about now. Um, when something does come out, I hope to write about that as well. But um, the other thing here, as you mentioned, you know, there's there's about $500 million available that's been appropriated for the program. So, you know, that is actually a small portion of that is going into sort of, uh, you know, the 20 tech hubs that win the money. They're, they'll probably get like a $10 million or so. Um, and that gives them funds to sort of plan out how they would Im implement this um, tech hub. And then they have to apply for that implementation grant, which could be, you know, 50 to 70 million. And I mean, that's not enough really to build a whole ecosystem within, you know, within an area that isn't used to have, you know, isn't on the coast. But, you know, Wendy Lee mentioned that, you know, in many cases, this is a marketing tool, you know, if the region gets named a tech hub, it's like bragging rights, right? And and they can uh, hopefully attract more companies within clean tech or quantum to the area. Um, and I also talked to the Brookings Institution who mentioned, you know, even those folks who don't win, you know, they've already taken the effort to uh, put a proposal together. So they may not have had something a year ago, but now they have a plan on how to build out this this uh, ecosystem for a certain technology, and hopefully that will help their own economic development. Tamara, always fun to talk tech with you because you're just so good at it, and you have such great insight and, and knowledge on that. I know you'll be following this along, so it'll be interesting to see if any of the 
Colorado communities um, actually get a spot. So we'll be watching for that announcement this week, hopefully. I want to thank everybody for joining us. If you want to read more business news around Colorado, I encourage you to go to coloradosun.com and go up to the top of our homepage. We've got a business tab there. Got everything lined up for you. And as well, we mentioned it previously, but Tamara's What's Working newsletter comes out every Saturday. It's completely free. All you got to do is sign up for it. You can do that at coloradosun.com slash working. Tamara, make it a great week, my friend. You too. Thanks, everyone. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. Colorado parents who care for their disabled children at home will continue to get paid for their work under two Medicaid programs that have been set to expire in November. The programs, which pay parents for taking their kids into the community and teaching them homemaker tasks, were launched during the pandemic at a time when caregivers stopped entering people's homes to bathe, cook, and clean for people with disabilities. Colorado Medicaid officials scuttled the plan to end the aid after an outcry from parents who said they would be financially harmed without that support. Democrat Adam Frisch has expanded his fundraising advantage over Representative Lauren Boebert, raising nearly four times what her campaign took in between July and September. Frisch, a former Aspen City Councilman who fell 546 votes short of unseating the Garfield County Congresswoman in 2022, brought in nearly $3.4 million during the quarter. That compares with Boebert's $854,000. Frisch started October with nearly $3 million more in campaign cash than the Congresswoman. Colorado prosecutors have landed only one conviction for labor trafficking and fewer than 50 convictions for sex trafficking in the past 17 years. That's despite multiple efforts during that period to strengthen state laws. Since 2006, there have been 267 criminal cases involving trafficking. According to a new report from the Laboratory to Combat Human Trafficking, those led to 619 counts of labor trafficking and 10,813 counts of sex trafficking, but very few resulted in convictions. The report found that many of the people initially charged with trafficking ended up being convicted of other crimes, including child abuse, drug charges, or keeping a place of prostitution. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. The Colorado Sun is nonpartisan and completely independent. We're always dedicated to telling the in-depth stories we need today more than ever. And the Sun is supported by readers and listeners like you. Right now, you can head to coloradosun.com and become a member, starting at $5 per month for a basic membership, and if you bump it up to $20 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive politics and outdoors newsletters. Thanks for starting your morning with us, and don't forget to tune in again tomorrow.